0: Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast, followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. The private writings of the Saint of Calcutta. Chapter 12 continued. Let the people eat you up. While encouraging others in their struggle, Mother Teresa also felt the need to seek help in prayers. In June 1977, she wrote to Father Vanderpeet, My prayer is very close to you. I do hope you will keep me close to you in your prayer and love Jesus for me for all the times when my heart is cold and empty. Some months later, after Father Michael had informed her about his upcoming retreat, she took the opportunity to write again. Dear Father Michael, by the time this letter comes to you, maybe you will be alone with Jesus in retreat. It is just like you to ask to spend the three months with Jesus alone. But if during this time the hunger for Jesus in the hearts of his people is greater than yours for Jesus, you should not remain alone with Jesus for all the time. You must allow Jesus to make you bread to be eaten by all those you come in touch with. Let the people eat you up. By the word and presence, you proclaim Jesus. I will be in St. Louis on April 21st for the religious life meetings. I wish you would be there. We could maybe have adoration every day and so bring and weave our lives with the bread of life. No greater love, not even God, could give than in giving himself as bread of life to be broken, to be eaten, so that you and I may eat and live, may eat and so satisfy our hunger for love. And he seemed yet not satisfied, for he too was hungry for love. So he made himself the hungry one, the thirsty one, the naked one, the homeless one, and kept on calling. I was hungry, naked, homeless. You did it to me. The bread of life and the hungry one. But one love, only Jesus. His humility is so wonderful. I can understand his majesty, his greatness, because he is God. But his humility is beyond my understanding, because he makes himself bread of life so that even a child as small as I can eat him and live. Some days back, when giving Holy Communion to our sisters in the mother house, suddenly I realized I was holding God between my two fingers. The greatness of the humility of God, really no greater love, no greater love than the love of Christ. You, I am sure, must feel often like that, when at your word, in your hands, the bread becomes the body of Christ, the wine becomes the blood of Christ. How great must be your love for Christ, no greater love than the love of the priest for Christ his Lord and God. I am on my way back from Manila, where I have opened a novitiate. Then on the night of February second, we had a five days retreat. The priest cleansed our souls from all sin. The priest cleaned our souls from all sin, and then gave only Jesus. The day of the confession I told all my sins, and Jesus took all my sins. After confession I heard my heart singing, Thank you, Jesus, for taking my sins. He really just took them all away. There is such a wonderful spirit in the new novitiate. Maybe someday you could give them a retreat. And I hope I will be there to make it with them. I am on my way back to Calcutta for the eight days retreat. We begin on the 19th in the evening. So I will have a number of days alone with Jesus. And so will share your joy. I am at his disposal. He can do with me, just as it pleaseth him, without even a thought of consulting me. I just want to be his own little one. If he so wants, otherwise I will be happy to be just nothing and he everything. Pray for me. Yours in Jesus, Mother Teresa M.C. With these words, Mother Teresa was witnessing to the reality of God's presence within her. From her darkness, she was giving light. She could not stop marveling at God's actions and being captivated by his love. Whether she was considered or seemingly overlooked by God did not matter any longer. Though she could sense Jesus' presence neither in her heart nor in the Eucharist, she clung to him in faith with all her might. She wondered at the greatness of the humility of God, not only in making himself the bread of life to meet her hunger for his love, but also in making himself present in the distressing disguise of the poorest of the poor. In serving them, in feeding them, she could in turn serve him, feed him, and so express her love. Her profoundly Eucharistic spirituality was as mystical as it was practical. She believed that our life must be woven with the Eucharist. From her realization that God gives himself totally to man in the Eucharist, sprang her desire to give herself totally to him in serving others. She placed a radical demand on herself and her sisters. We have no right to refuse our lives to others in whom we contact Christ. And she insisted, let the poor and the people eat you up. Let the people bite your smile, your time. You sometimes might prefer not to even look at somebody when you have some misunderstanding. Then, not only you look, but give a smile. Learn by heart. You must let the people eat you up. Her sisters noticed how deeply she lived her own teaching. One of them remembered. She never thought of herself, but always thought of others. Her ill health did not stop her from being available to the poor. Let the people eat you up. Mother lived this sentence to the full till the end of her life. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, patron of thy own, child of Mary, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you remember the first time in her writings, at least as recorded, that she used that phrase being eaten up? Well, it was a few years before this, and Mother Teresa confessed when she was visiting one of her houses that she had to make sure she made her holy hour right after the Mass. Because once she left the chapel, she was just being eaten up. And so she wanted to make sure she had two hours with our Lord, preparing for Mass, some morning prayers, Mass, then the holy hour. And then once she had two hours with him, then she was ready to give him to others. And that's very much what Mother Teresa is expressing here. She's both praising Father Michael, but she's also like a mother, chiding him a bit. So he's in a three-month retreat. And Mother Teresa is telling him, well, just find out if your love for him, for Jesus, is equal to other people's love for him. And if they need him, if they want him, then you must be ready to give him to them. She didn't want him to be kind of spiritual glutton, just seeking his own spiritual comfort when the Lord really wanted him to be handing on the bread of life in sacrament, in presence, in word. Now, Mother Teresa is not saying that people should indiscriminately try to be spiritual guides. No, she was aware of the same truth that St. Philip Neri used to teach, which was that it's a fault of beginners in the spiritual life to try to guide and convert others. She was not proposing that everyone should take it upon himself or herself to be this guide for others, to assume that they knew how to help other people. That's why she had her sisters do novitiate. That's why she had them spend time practically learning, spending time preparing. This is why she wanted priests to be trained and to pray and to live deep spiritual lives. But she really was convinced that priests especially, and especially someone like Father Michael, was being called to hand Christ on to others. And the way that practically looked Was very similar to how an MC, a missionary of charity, spends her life. It's a life that's compared to eating. That just as the Lord allows us to eat Him, so we have to become bread for others. We have to allow them to make use of us, take our time, so that they can find Christ. And in the end, if our love is for him, if we're here to do his will, if we're trying to be close to him, then what does it matter what his will is? As long as his will is done, as long as he is being glorified, as long as he is being received and encountered by others, that's what we should most want. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.